Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the program, podcast, and our free 633 event this Sunday when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael and part two of his teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 called The Order of the Resurrection. If there's a time when there is going to be a resurrection and rapture, what happens in the interim time? What if I've lost a loved one in Christ? Where are they now? Job, who goes through his terrible suffering, even asks that question, where are they? Where, you could say it this way, where are my children that died when the roof collapsed in the house? Where are they? And that's answered in the New Testament when we see verses like to be absent from the body is to be at home with the Lord. Here's a good illustration. Imagine that you were driving in your car and you got in a terrible accident and you walked away but your car was totaled. In one sense, your car would end up in some sort of car graveyard or junkyard. Your car will be totaled, but you walked away from it. Your body is simply a vehicle for your soul. Your body, at one point, should the Lord tarry, should he not come in our lifetime, your body will will be totaled. (laughs) Can I get a, oh, maybe not. Don't say amen to that. What do you mean I'm going to be totaled? Total bummer, man, right? But we all know we're moving toward the day when the sticker will be applied totaled. (laughs) And we're going to end up in a place, but a place that anticipates resurrection or renewal. The car is going to get a makeover. But in this case, the car is a poor analogy because it's going to, we're going to live and we're never going to die again. The guarantee that the body will be awakened in the resurrection of Jesus, the spirit is with the Lord, but the body looks like it's sleeping until that day of resurrection. Jesus, notice in verse 20, is called the first fruits. But now Christ has been raised from the dead and he is the first fruits of those who are asleep. I just want to mention before I get into the idea of first fruits that Jesus Christ said these words. Write this down for your notes. This is Mark 10, 33 and 34. Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man, Jesus, will be delivered to the chief priests and the scribes. They will condemn him to death and will deliver him to the Gentiles of the Romans. And they will mock him, Mark 10, 34, spit upon him, scourge him, and kill him. And three days later, Jesus says, he will rise again. If the resurrection of Jesus Christ is not a literal bodily resurrection from the dead, then Jesus lied. But he prophesied his own death and resurrection in detail. Therefore, any scholar that you see on some channel who's pontificating or waxing elephants, as it were, waxing eloquent, never mind. Oh, the resurrection is simply a metaphor. Jesus didn't really rise from the dead. It's a metaphor for a deeper message of the struggle between the Jews and the Romans and that the Jewish nation would rise... Uh, uh, uh. The resurrection is an account of a clinically dead body that came out of the tomb alive. Enough with the nonsense. Enough. Because if the resurrection is not true, then Jesus was not telling the truth. 
The prophecy is wrong. He's a false prophet, and you can't follow him. But the fact that he prophesied his resurrection and then backed it up is one of the reasons why I'm a follower of Jesus. I ain't seen anybody else doing that. Amen? You kill me, and in three days, I'm going to rise. And he did it. And even his enemies had to try to pay off the guards to say that the disciples stole the body. Spurgeon says, If Jesus rose, then the gospel is what it professes to be. If he rose not from the dead, then it is all deceit and delusion. I would just say it this way. Go do something else. If there's no resurrection, I love you all. Maybe we'll meet at the beach. (laughs) You know? But if there is a resurrection, if Christ is alive, it means everything. That's why scholars, theologians will tell you that this is the bedrock of Christianity, that Jesus is alive. And this is why the resurrection gets attacked so often. And do you realize what people are doing to themselves by trying to debunk the resurrection? They seal their own doom. Think about it. Now, they can't debunk it. But in attempting to debunk it, they pour more dirt on their own graves. Now, I'm not telling you to believe in the resurrection because it just gives mankind some hope without, you know, it's some pie in the sky, not real. I'm saying to you that people who try to debunk it seal their own fate, and they're going to stand before the risen Lord. And guess what? Jesus is the judge of the living and the dead. Can you imagine that person? I wrote yes, several books to try to debunk your resurrection, but you look alive to me. Oh, yes. Do you know that the man that wrote 1 Corinthians did not believe in Jesus? He was Saul. He was going on his way to destroy the church. And then he saw a bright light and got knocked off his donkey or his horse or whatever he was riding. And he fell to the ground. And Jesus talked to Paul or Saul. Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Uh Uh-oh. What must I do, Lord? Get up and you'll be told what you must do. And the great Saul had to be led by the hand. He was blinded by the light, but never did he see as he saw on that day. Amen? Jesus is the living Lord. And the man who opposed the gospel became its greatest spokesman. That means there's hope for all of us. Even if you've been anti-Christian, even if you've told your friends, I don't believe that stuff. Maybe you grew up in the church and you got to a point where you said, I no longer believe that story. And maybe you're coming back around and you're like, you know what? I think it's true. There's still hope for you. Christ is the first fruits. The Greek word is aparke. In the Septuagint, the uh, Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament, the word is used for the offering of first fruits. In secular usage, the word was used for an entrance fee. Because Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead, he is the first fruits of those who are asleep. This reference is specific to those who have fallen asleep in Christ. This is a guarantee that the body will be awakened. Paul had in mind, says one writer, the first sheaf of the barley harvest, Leviticus 23.10. When God accepted the first fruits, they became the earnest or guarantee that the rest of the crop would be harvested. 
Christ himself is the first fruits. Jesus is the promise, the assurance, the hope that those who are asleep in Jesus will rise. This is an Old Testament image of the first installment of a crop, which anticipates and guarantees the ultimate offering of the whole crop. In the Septuagint, the concept of first fruits applies to offerings, Exodus 23:16 and 34:22, taxes, Exodus 25:2 and 3, and even children, Genesis 49:3. Jesus is the first fruits. In the Old Testament offering of first fruits brought one sheaf, they brought one sheaf of grain to represent and anticipate the rest of the harvest. If you want to read more on this, read Leviticus 23:9 through 14. The resurrection of Jesus represents, here's the key word, and anticipates our resurrection. Because we have been united together in the likeness of Jesus' death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, Romans 6, 5. The resurrection of Jesus anticipates our resurrection because we will be raised with a body like his. Trapp says, as in the first fruits offered to God, the Jews were assured of God's blessing on the whole harvest so by the resurrection of Christ, our own resurrection is ensured, close quote. I'm reading a little bit from my notes so you can get a grasp of this idea. The idea of first fruits is referenced seven times in the New Testament. Paul uses the term in Romans 8.23 and 11.16 to refer to the first and representative part. In 1 Corinthians 16.15 and Romans 16.5, it refers to the first converts of a region, the household of Stephanus in Corinth, and Epinatus in Asia. Thus, the Thessalonians in 2 Thessalonians 2.13, the household of Stephanus, are the first fruits of a given geographical area, which means not only that they are the first converts, but the first of a much larger harvest is yet to be realized. Remember, when you read your Bible, you're reading a setting of an agrarian culture, very much steeped in farming and agriculture. So the first fruits for them were the first promise of a harvest. They would look for the sheaf that looked like it was the, the most ripe, if you will. And they would mark it. And do you know how they would mark that first sheaf that would be waved before God in the temple? They would mark it with a red cord. They would go out and find it, and then they would wave it before the Lord or present the first fruits, everybody with me, the first of the crop that promised that the full harvest would come in. God would say, you give me the first fruits, I'll take care of the rest. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. How many of you, even in giving your money to the work of the kingdom, you've struggled a little bit? You know, uh, a guy came up to the pulpit, he was sharing a testimony, he said, you know, I've become a Christian and I'm trying to learn how to give of my first fruits. And somebody said, 10% is a good place to start. He said, honestly, I've started with five. I just want to see how that goes. <laughs> Look, there's no law about 10%. We're, we're free in Christ, right? We open up our hands and we say, Lord, put in and take out as you would will. But there is this principle of first fruits I give my first and best to God. Like the farmer who had two cows and he said to his wife, Oh, uh, honey, I've decided I'm going to give one of the cows to the Lord. Oh, great. Well, the next day, one of the cows had keeled over and died. And the wife came out and said to her husband, What happened? And he said, The Lord's cow 
died. <laughs> and what do we do, right? You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Join Pastor Michael Lance and his guest Seth Gruber at the next 633 event on March 22nd. Why do we believe what we believe about protecting life? Well, this event, 633 with Seth Gruber, is going to help equip you to know how to make a rational, reasoned defense for life. You can do it from science, you can do it from logic, but you can also use the Word of God, of course, to make these compelling arguments. Register for the next free 633 event with Seth Gruber on March 22nd. Visit walkintruth.com, click on events, or call 844-48-TRUTH. Well, folks, this is Pastor Michael, and hey, I want to express my appreciation on behalf of the staff of Walk in Truth and uh, just the the wonderful things that have been going on in this radio ministry. Many of you have reached out to us recently. You've uh, joined us in listening to podcasts. You've given to the ministry, and we deeply appreciate it. And I have to tell you that this is not my favorite topic, but we have to talk about it, and it is the topic of money. And here's the deal. We are at our fiscal year as a ministry, and so we look at everything, and we have to look at what radio stations we're going to remain on And just to be blunt with you, we're going to have to make some tough decisions unless we get more support. And so if you've been thinking about supporting us, if you're able to give us either monthly support or a one-time gift that could help boost us, we want to add and we don't want to subtract. And I'm just putting it on the table here. But um, we do have to make some tough decisions if we don't have more support. And so that's just the way it is. That's the reality of life. That's the reality of that radio time does cost. And so if you're being blessed by this program, I'm just going to ask you to prayerfully consider reaching out to us today. We do need to hear from you soon uh, because we are going to be making some decisions about uh, where we continue to broadcast. So reach out to us at walkintruth.com. You can give online there at walkintruth.com or call us at 844-48-TRUTH. Would you also do me a favor and be praying? Be praying that God will give us wisdom on what we should be doing and be praying that the Lord would bring in the support so that we can keep going. We, we have a passion to do what we're doing. We deeply appreciate your partnership with us. So reach out to us. We'd appreciate it. Walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. God bless you. We appreciate you very much. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast available on your favorite podcast app. Now, Back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. There is this principle of first fruits. I give my first and best to God. Like the farmer who had two cows and he said to his wife, Oh, uh, honey, I've decided I'm going to give one of the cows to the Lord. Oh, great. Well, the next day, one of the cows had keeled over and died. And the wife came out and said to her husband, What happened? And he said, the Lord's cow died. (laughs) And what do we do, right? We say, oh, this old shirt. or Yeah, I'll give that blanket away. Has God ever challenged you to give your first and best? And you're like, I was going to go to Coco's after service. It's my last $10. I was... Going to go to In-N-Out. Forget about Coco's. I was going to go to In-N-Out. Miguel's. Should I? Offering bag comes by. (laughs) 
Then a friend of yours says, let's go to Miguel's, I'm buying. I'm like, first fruits, first burrito. (laughs) Have you ever just given something away? Like maybe you had something in your wallet and you were hanging on to it and you had a thought attached to it and you gave it away and the Lord just blessed you beyond measure. This is the idea of the first fruits. It's offered to God, guaranteeing the rest. Revelation 14, 4 says the 144,000 are first fruits, being first fruits to God and to the Lamb. James 1.18 says, Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. First fruits conveys that Christ's resurrection is the first of a kind, involving the rest in character and destiny, says Perry. That is why Paul says that Christ is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. His resurrection guarantees the rest of the harvest. Everybody with me? He rose, and he guarantees that the rest of us are going to rise again. His resurrection is a pledge, much like the Holy Spirit is a pledge of our future redemption. Do you know that the Holy Spirit being a pledge is a modern Greek word which means an engagement ring? And when you give an engagement ring to somebody, you're saying, will you what? Will you marry me? They put the ring on. They say, yes, I will commit to you and you to me. This ring represents a promise of a covenant. The Holy Spirit is God's down payment. If you want to know if God will finish what he started, his spirit in you is the guarantee that he will finish what he started to the day of redemption. This is the idea of first fruits. It also has the idea of earnest money, down payment, or a guarantee. Paul has in mind the first fruits of the barley harvest. I mentioned the red cord. Listen to this. About the time that Caiaphas the high priest was trying Jesus, the servants of the Sanhedrin were in the barley field judging the crop to decide what would be harvested for first fruits by the marking with the red cord. Until they harvested and offered the barley sheaf or omer in the temple, the rest of the crops were not deemed kosher, lawfully fit, or acceptable. On the day the Romans were binding Jesus for crucifixion, the disciples of the Sanhedrin were binding up the the barley sheaf for the first fruits. This process was done on the day after the weekly Sabbath, which fell on the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Interestingly enough, when the wheat is harvested in the late spring, a man who's threshing the wheat stands on a large board which has bits of glass underneath it. It is pulled by a horse over the wheat to do the crushing. The board is called by a Latin word, tribulum, trouble, pressure. Do you know that this whole scene that Jesus dies on the Passover, is buried on unleavened bread, and rises on the feast of first fruits, is all a picture of God saying, my son is the guarantee of the rest of the harvest. And they were marking it on the the feast of unleavened bread, uh, wrapping the sheave. Jesus is wrapped in a linen cloth marked with the blood of the cross. And on the first feast of first fruits, they wave, they present to God, and God guarantees the rest of the harvest. He said, because you give the first to me, I will promise you the rest. Verse 21. 
<laughs> you guys are really used to that, aren't you? You say, he's done one verse. He's back. <laughs> I feel you. We're going to move a little faster, all right? For since by a man, 21, 1 Corinthians 15, came death, by a man, Jesus is the God-man, 100% God, 100% man, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. Christ's resurrection is not a merely isolated, miraculous event, but one that has sweeping consequences, just as Adam and Eve's fall in the garden had sweeping consequences. Everybody with me? When Adam and Eve fell, the rest of mankind was plunged into death. For the soul that sins will surely die. All have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is what? It's death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, our problem started in the garden. Adam fell. He did not obey God. And the analogy assumes human solidarity with those at the beginning of the line who then become the representative of those who follow. Adam leads the way and represents the old order. All those bound to Adam share his banishment from Eden, his alienation from God, and his fate of death. Sometimes we, maybe in a service like this, someone has passed away and I've often said, do you know why we die to people? Do you know why we die? And I can see blank stares from people. And I say, we die because of sin. The wages of sin is death. You're listening to The Order of the Resurrection, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 through 28. A reminder, you can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you'd like on podcast. You can listen on our Living Truth app, or on your favorite podcast app like iPodcast, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, or Spotify. You can listen to previous programs too. There's a lot to listen to when it's convenient for you. So listen to the Walk in Truth podcast in your car, or on your walk, or whenever you feel like it. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth program on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, in this glorious resurrection chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, we have a reference to the coming of, of Jesus Christ. And it says... Each one in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward those who are Christ at his coming. Now I lay out in this message that there's one second coming, and at that second coming, there's going to be a resurrection and a rapture. And the raptured saints will not precede those who will be resurrected, and that's in First Thessalonians 4. It's just a majestic thing to be thinking about, and that is the order of the resurrection and what's going to happen when Jesus comes again. The dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I pray that you be encouraged and comforted. And speaking of that, I want to spend a moment here on something that's happening in our culture, and you know it. It's called the coronavirus. And no, it did not originate in the city of Corona, <laughs> where I serve as senior pastor at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. It actually came out of China. And uh, one thing I'd like to say uh, to all believers who are listening, and even if you're an unbeliever right now, is let's not panic. God is on the throne, and God has allowed this for his sovereign purposes. And I wonder if each of us could 
slow down just for a moment and ask a question. Lord, what might you be saying to our world, to our culture, uh, even to the place that this originated from? And there's much to be said about things that go on in China that certainly don't please the Lord. But then let's bring it home to our own country and let's start to ask some questions about areas where we need to repent and pray. Now, I know some people in our media might mock the idea of prayer in regard to a virus or a pandemic as it's being called, but I would suggest to you that that's the best thing that we could do is pray. And don't panic, brethren. Your life is in God's hands. He's ultimately in control, and he's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So we need to stop if we're panicking And we need to place our faith in Christ. Now, it doesn't mean that you do foolish things, of course. You have to be wise. But ultimately, our trust is in the Lord, and we're not to freak out and be panicking like the world. There's a reference in Isaiah that talks about we're not to be frightened by the things that frighten others or fearful. Uh, That's not what God has for us. And so God help us in those areas where we just need to calm down. And this would be a great time to be thinking about ministering to people out in the culture. And if you're listening right now and you're not a believer, I would tell you there's peace in Christ beyond this life. We're in a resurrection chapter and we're talking about hope in Jesus beyond this life. So we shouldn't let those things freak us out. Let's put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. So glad you're listening to Walk in Truth and want to encourage you to be praying for us. God bless you. We'll catch you next time. Tune in tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 called The Order of the Resurrection. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.